Today, we're going to read from the New Testament book of Matthew, chapters 1 and 2. Podcasting since 2004, I am the award-winning OG Godcaster. My name is Steve Webb, and this is the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible. I'm really glad you're here, and it's great to see you. You know, a lot of you are new to the show, and I'd love to know what brought you here. How'd you find the show? Did a friend tell you? Did you hear about the show on another podcast? If so, which one? Email me and let me know, steve at lifespringmedia.com, and use the subject line, here's where I found you. Well, this is the daily podcast where we read the entire Bible in a year. Stick around, and before you know it, a year will have gone by, and you'll be able to say you've read the entire Bible. Every time I read through the Bible again, I've learned something new. So I hope you'll be able to say the same thing. I'm always open to your comments, and I'll read some of them on the show. You can comment at comment.lifespringmedia.com. Since this is our first reading of the Gospel according to Matthew, let's start with an introduction, shall we? First, the word gospel means good news. It's the good news of the salvation that Jesus of Nazareth brings to anyone who believes in him. Now, Matthew was one of the twelve disciples, and before Jesus called him, Matthew was a tax collector. Now, when Jesus was on earth, Israel was under Roman rule. Actually, it was Roman occupation. And Matthew, a Jew, collected taxes for the Romans. So, most Jews considered Matthew a traitor. Tax collectors were hated by the Jews, not only because they were working for the Romans, but because they often took more in taxes than they actually owed. And whatever excess they took in, they kept for themselves. And many of those tax collectors became rich. The book of Matthew was probably written somewhere between 55 and 65 AD during the early life of the church. And at that time, most Christians were Jewish converts. And that's probably why Matthew wrote with a very Jewish perspective. He shows, often by quoting from the Old Testament, how Jesus fulfilled all the prophecies regarding the coming Messiah. So, let's get started. Matthew chapter 1 This is the list of ancestors of Jesus Christ, descendant of David and Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah and Tamar were the father and mother of Perez and Zerah. Perez was the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram. Ram the father of Amminadab, Amminadab the father of Nashan, Nashan the father of Salmon. Salmon and Rahab were the father and mother of Boaz. Boaz and Ruth were the father and mother of Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse, Jesse the father of King David. David and Uriah's wife Bathsheba were the father and mother of Solomon. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam the father of Abijah. Abijah the father of Asa, Asa the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, Joram the father of Uzziah, Uzziah the father of Jotham, Jotham the father of Ahaz, Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Ammon, Ammon the father of Josiah, Josiah was the father of Jeconiah and his brothers. They lived at the time when the people were exiled to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah became the father of Shealtiel. Shealtiel was the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel the father of Abiad. 
Abiad, the father of Eliakim, Eliakim, the father of Azor, Azor, the father of Zadok, Zadok, the father of Achim, Achim, the father of Eliad, Eliad, the father of Eleazar, Eleazar, the father of Mathan, Mathan, the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph, who was the husband of Mary. Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called Christ. So there were fourteen generations from Abraham to David, fourteen generations from David until the exile to Babylon, fourteen generations from the exile until the Messiah. The birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. His mother Mary had been promised to Joseph in marriage. But before they were married, Mary realized that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph was an honorable man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the marriage agreement with her secretly. Joseph had this in mind when an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. The angel said to him, Joseph, descendant of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. She is pregnant by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, which means he saves, because he will save his people from their sins. All this happened so that what the Lord had spoken through the prophet came true. The virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him to do. He took Mary to be his wife. He did not have marital relations with her before she gave birth to a son. Joseph named the child Jesus. Matthew chapter 2 Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea when Herod was king. After Jesus' birth, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem. They asked, Where is the one who was born to be the king of the Jews? We saw his star rising and have come to worship him. When King Herod and all Jerusalem heard about this, they became disturbed. He called together all the chief priests and the experts in the scriptures and tried to find out from them where the Messiah was supposed to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem in Judea. The prophet wrote about this. Bethlehem in the land of Judah, you are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. A leader will come from you. He will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the wise men and found out from them exactly when the star had appeared. As he sent them to Bethlehem, he said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you have found him, report to me so that I may go and worship him too. After they had heard the king, they started out. The star they had seen rising led them until it stopped over the place where the child was. They were overwhelmed with joy to see the star. When they entered the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, so they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. God warned them in a dream not to go back to Herod, so they left for their country by another road. After they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. The angel said to him, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, because Herod intends to search for the child and kill him. Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and left for Egypt that night. He stayed there until Herod died. What the Lord had spoken through the prophet came true. I have called my son out of Egypt. 
When Herod saw that the wise men had tricked him, he became furious. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys two years old and younger in or near Bethlehem. This matched the exact time he had learned from the wise men. Then the words spoken through the prophet Jeremiah came true. A sound was heard in Ramah, the sound of crying in bitter grief. Rachel was crying for her children. She refused to be comforted because they were dead. After Herod was dead, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. The angel said to him, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to Israel. Those who tried to kill the child are dead. Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus had succeeded his father Herod as king of Judah, Joseph was afraid to go there. Warned in a dream, he left for Galilee and made his home in a city called Nazareth. So what the prophets had said came true. He will be called a Nazarene. Chapter 1 begins with the genealogy of Jesus. And if you're familiar with the Old Testament, many of the names in this genealogy will be familiar to you. Some highlights are Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Judah. Maybe you've heard Jesus referred to as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. That's this Judah. Another one would be Boaz and Ruth. And Jesse and his son, David. Yes, King David. And then David's son, Solomon. Well, as we read the Old Testament, more of the names in Jesus' genealogy will become familiar to you. I used to think that this was just a long list of boring names, and I usually skipped over it. But the more we learn of these men as we read the Old Testament, the more interesting the list becomes. For example, did you know that one of Jesus' ancestors was a prostitute? And another was a murderer? Now stick around. After the genealogy, Matthew tells us the account of the birth of Jesus, the betrothal of Joseph and Mary, that Mary became pregnant by the Holy Spirit, how Joseph wanted to break off the marriage agreement when he learned that she was pregnant, and so forth. What a special, special family God the Father chose to raise the Messiah in. Think about this. At this point in human history, God had been silent for 400 years. Many Jews were Jewish in name only, a bit like today, in fact. Sure, they went to temple, but they didn't have a true faith in God. They lived their lives by the law of God, but not the love of God. But this man, Joseph, was a godly man and a compassionate man. When he learned that his fiancée was pregnant, he could have had her stoned to death. At the very least, he could have disgraced her publicly. But an angel of God appeared to him in a dream and told him that the baby Mary carried was by God the Holy Spirit. And then when he awoke, he did what the angel told him to do. He married Mary. He could have chalked the dream and the vision up to a bad meal the night before. But Joseph was a man of faith. This was the perfect man to be the stepfather for the Messiah. And the young girl Mary. We don't know her exact age, but she was most likely a young teenager. And despite her youth, her faith and her humility were astonishing. Matthew doesn't tell us much about her in his book, but we'll spend more time talking about her when we get to Luke's gospel. God's timing is always perfect, and he waited until the perfect time in history to begin a new agreement, a new covenant, a new testament with humankind. And according to the Old Testament prophecies, it would come through the lineage of David. And listen up, both Joseph and Mary were descendants of David, and they were humble and God-loving. 
the perfect family for the Messiah to be born into. I invite your comments, and I'll share some of your comments on the show. Remember, this is not just about you listening. I want you to participate as a family does. You are very much a part of the show, so comment at comment.lifespringmedia.com. Or you can just email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com as well. You guys are so cool. I really mean it. I've talked to you about value for value, and you are stepping up, and I really appreciate it. Just a little while ago, my SATS report came in, and I'm seeing that some of you are streaming SATS and boosting and sending boostograms, and it's great to see. I guess I'm going to have to get all fancy and set up a private node pretty soon so that I can see them come in real time. Right now, with my current setup, I just get a spreadsheet sent to me about 5 o'clock each day, which is cool, but real-time would be fun because then I'd know that someone's listening and reacting right then and there. I'll need to save up the sats for a while, though, before I can set up my own private node. I need to sell that idea to the lovely Lady Leanne. But that's one of the reasons your support is so necessary. Not to mention, that's how this show will be able to continue because there will never be outside advertisers on the show. Advertising invites censorship. And in our culture, there's a lot of people out there who would love to limit the Word of God. Well, that won't happen here, not on my watch. So, if you agree with me, and if you think the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible should be heard, then decide what amount and what form of time, talent, or treasure works for you. Then make it happen. You can donate at support.lifespringmedia.com or stream sats using a podcasting 2.0 app that you find at newpodcastapps.com. Now, speaking of sats, two new boostograms came in on this last report. On yesterday's show, when I was talking about time, talent, or treasure, someone sent a boostogram that said TTNT. So that's cool. And remember the boostogram that mentioned the Heiser book about whether the Satan spoken of in Job was the same as the serpent in Genesis? Well, on today's report, I got a boostogram that said, Thanks for engaging with my comment from yesterday regarding Dr. Heiser. It's certainly a non-essential issue, but I do commend that book to you. Footnotes galore. God bless, John. Well, thanks, John. It's good to have a name. I have to tell you, though, honestly, I have very little time for extra reading, but I will certainly put the unseen realm on my list. That's a promise. And God bless you, too. As LifeSpring family members, you are very much a part of producing the show. And when you support it, you're helping to spread the good news. So God bless you support.lifespringmedia.com Well, on this day in church history, September 4th, 1803, Sarah Childress Polk, American Presbyterian fundamentalist and wife of U.S. President James Polk, was born. Mrs. Polk banned dancing at presidential functions and was the first First Lady to institute a strict Sabbath observance. Can you imagine either one of those things happening today? And then on September 4, 1847, Scottish Anglican clergyman Henry Francis Light wrote the words to his last and best-known hymn, Abide With Me, Fast Falls the Eventide. That hymn was performed at the 1927 wedding of King George VI and Queen Elizabeth I, the 1947 wedding of Queen Elizabeth II and Prince Philip, and the funeral of King George V in 1936. And it's time now for us to join together in prayer. Here are the prayer requests. 
Brian from Connecticut used the prayer request form at prayer.lifespringmedia.com to ask for healing for his mom, who is a retired United Methodist pastor and hospice chaplain. She's been diagnosed with advanced cancer for the second time. The first time was shortly after Brian was born, and she was told that she wouldn't live past 1989. And then John, a longtime friend and supporter of the show, asked us to pray about what's going on in Canada. Here, I'll read his email. Good to hear you again with the next version of the Bible Reading Show. I hope you and your family are doing well. Yes, John, we are. Thank you for that. Now, here's his prayer request. Many provinces in Canada, including Ontario, are putting vaccine passports in place and segregating society. As Christians, regardless of our thoughts on vaccines and our vaccine status, it should concern us when we discriminate against people groups. What's happening is wrong, and it's coming with a tracking app for people to carry for contact tracing, leading to further tyranny. It isn't good, and we're praying for a reversal of the policy and for people and businesses to stand against it. At the same time, Many companies, including the one I work for, have implemented vaccine mandates. Things are moving to remove freedoms at a pace I would never have imagined. We have a federal election this month that could make a difference, but that's unlikely. Parties on various sides appear to be disregarding Canada's charter freedoms, like your Constitution. Praying for good results, it's in God's hands. It is in God's hands, and that's the second time I've heard that phrase used today. I was talking to my friend Dell about his wife, Kathy, and uh, he called me just uh, in tears because of uh, Kathy's situation. It's a really complex problem, and I don't know that I can adequately explain it to you, but uh, when Dell called today, Kathy had been undergoing some treatment today that just was very painful for her. Because of the bone cancer, she's got two broken ribs. She's got cancer on several places on her spine. I mean, it goes on and on. Uh, She's in just really bad shape, and, and Dell is just about, um, you know, at the end of his rope, as is Kathy. So we talked for a while, and then he said, it's in God's hands, to which I replied, there are no better hands to be in. I haven't mentioned this season on the show, but longtime listeners might remember that Dell was my high school friend that invited me to church and where I ended up accepting Jesus. So we go back for many, many, many years. And it breaks my heart to see both of them hurting so badly. So let's pray. Our gracious and loving Heavenly Father, uh, when we look at everything that's going on in the world today, uh, it would be very easy if we didn't have you, Lord, to just kind of throw up our hands and, and give up. But we know, Lord, that you are able. While we don't understand the things that happen, you do. And so um, you've told us in your word, Lord, that we should submit our petitions to you, that we need to make our, our needs known to you. Now, you already know, but you use our prayers to align our hearts with you. And so we ask, Lord, now for Brian from Connecticut, that you would be with his mom, who's been diagnosed now with advanced cancer for the second time. God, the first time you healed her and you gave her many more years that she could serve you, and we ask now that you would be with her, that you would even bring healing, Lord. We ask that you give the doctors uh, wisdom, that you help them, Lord, to come up with the right uh, treatment. And we would even ask, Lord, that you would just touch your body and bring healing that way. You can do it, Lord. I've, I've seen you heal people. You've healed Leanne. 
You healed Leanne very early in our marriage when she had a tumor on one of her ovaries. The doctor said there was a baseball-sized tumor on one of her ovaries. Surgery was scheduled. And then the last time one of the doctors looked, the tumor was gone. So God, I know that you can heal. And we're asking God for healing for Brian's mom. And now, Lord, we pray specifically for Canada and everything that's happening there with the lockdowns and the contact tracing and uh, the seeming march toward tyranny. We pray, God, for a a change in the tide. We pray, God, that this uh, march toward tyranny, not just in Canada, but other places around the world. Uh, I know Australia is going through some terrible lockdowns. We pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would take over, that people would begin to look at the real science and not the exaggerated claims by people who really their desire is to control. I guess what I'm actually praying for is a worldwide revival. I pray for changed hearts around the world. Help us, Lord, each one of us, to be a light to the world. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, family, if you like the show, I would love it if you would go to reviews.lifespringmedia.com and leave a review. Write about why you listen to the show and maybe what you get out of it. Encourage others to listen, and hey, I'll read it on the show. Reviews.lifespringmedia.com And then while you're at the website, after you write a review, sign up for the newsletter. Every week I'll send you a list of the readings for the week, and there'll be some other content that you don't get here on the show. Sign up at news.lifespringmedia.com Tomorrow we're going to begin another one of my favorite books of the Bible, the book of Romans. We'll read the first two chapters. Romans is such a rich book. Be sure you're subscribed. If you're not, go to subscribe.lifespringmedia.com where there are links to help you do that. Or in most podcast apps, just search for my name, Steve Webb, or the Lifespring Family Audio Bible. And if you're still using one of the old apps, get a new podcasting 2.0 app at newpodcastapps.com. Have you told a friend about the show? One way we can make the world a better place is to get God's Word into more hands and more ears. Don't you think? That's what this show's about, so you'll want to tell some people. Comment on the show at comment.lifespringmedia.com or email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com. I'll read some of your comments on the show. Come on, I want to hear from you. Until tomorrow, may God bless you richly. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Steve Webb. Bye. Bye.